Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome back to the episode of the podcast here. This one is um, a little bit about our past hunts, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the Ohio opener here, because it's this weekend. So when this releases, it'll probably be the weekend before. We so. will be in season. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So hopefully yeah. you've been out, shot your bows. Definitely better have been doing that. Yeah, you better have shot your bow before season. If yeah. not, you need to call Cromer and get something figured out. <laughs> but fast. for real, if you guys have not shot your bow and maybe you're struggling a little bit, at the end of this podcast, towards the end, Cromer really dove into like some basics, some basic target panic stuff. So after we get done rambling about the PA hunt and then Kevin's Colorado trip, definitely stick around for the end because. Um, anybody, I, I feel like whatever level you're at, you can learn. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're struggling with some, maybe some target panic, AKA TP, and, uh, you need to, you need to maybe take some advice from old, old Z Chrome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're local though, get a hold of me. I will work on your bow. Yep. For yep. sure. And I will, apparently I honestly, the last two, the last two sessions I've done have turned into actual lessons and they last pretty long because there's a lot of information to go over so if you do need some help not joking get a hold of me coach chromes um we do have merch guys we still have um quite a few hats left from the reorder thank you so much for whoever bought the first when we ordered the first time um basically sold out of most of the hats and we had to reorder Mm -hmm. so for whoever's listening that purchased a hat or a shirt thank you much everything's pretty much restocked and i Oops, sorry, as I hit my mic. And um, probably the last order for this year before, like maybe after deer season, because like things are going to get really hectic for us. So um, there are some hats and shirts left, um, and we'll probably do a reorder at the end of the season or maybe next year or something like that. But if you haven't got your merch, definitely go to bornagainbowhunting.com. We've got T-shirts, hats. Um, four or five different styles of hats, and then you know one style of T-shirt, but in multiple different sizes. And um, Christmas is around the corner. Get one for some loved ones. Get one some for some friends. Yep, absolutely. And uh, that's all I got. The wife's waiting for me outside. Yeah, and good. I really enjoyed this podcast. Kevin really broke down his Colorado hunt. And I think, like Jarrett said, sometime to do like a gear breakdown oh, uh, would yeah. be kind of cool. Yeah. Because I, if anybody's listening that wants to go out and they're like, I have yep. no idea where to start. You know, this would be somewhere to start. Yeah, it would be. It would be a great idea because. Uh, when you're an Eastern guy wanting to go West, it's intimidating. All you have, to, all you have, is to look up what other people have and have and their had experiences, and go from that because that's, I mean, that's what I did when I started. That's, I know that's, that's what, what I did. So stuff to get it would be a great little and, segment to do. I think. Yeah, and the first trip out, I made some mis- mistakes yeah. with gear. Yeah, and I've upgraded. And we could talk about that. And, yeah, for forever sure. too. It's no like, different than what Cromer was kind of talking about with releases at the yeah. end of the podcast. Yeah. Like, yep. you feel like you got to kind of buy. Something that's like middle. mediocre yeah, or yep, or like yeah. you know middle. Some, uh, some things, this work. some things you can get away with. Some things you can't. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And arrows you can get away with middle priced arrows. You can get away with right. certain things, but not same thing with gear. You know, yeah. not some re- stuff yeah. you can't. Not release. Yeah. Not rest. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. So, yeah. so yeah. hopefully you guys enjoy and uh, good luck out there this year. Yep. Peace. Bye. So we're we're a Christian um, group of guys. And we're all followers of Christ, and I do want to talk a little bit about this. And I look up, and he's trying to put the camera on, and I go, the 72 yards. My strategy was completely different. I, he's got up his areas, and I knew the terrain features I wanted to hunt. 
I think that I would rather use a scrape line because I imagine that there's more bucks hitting a scrape line because the line's longer. <laughs> <laughs> and actually lay eyes on the property first and then start you know, doing my e-scouting whenever I actually knew what it was that I was looking at. I think our deer at home have bigger ranges than we want to admit. Just I, because of the more pressure. I 100% agree. Wrap it up, Kevy. Send us home, baby. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Born Again Bowhunting Podcast. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about <laughs> Matt's experience over in PA and mine over in Colorado on the other side of the state. Oh, yeah. We had a good time. But yeah, it's been a while since we've seen <clears> each <throat> other, too. We, uh, we've we just been broken up for all these different trips and everything since, else. Uh, since Kentucky, right? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Since yeah. Kentucky, we haven't really been together in the in the shop or studio, whatever you want to call this. Yes, recording Kev- studio. Kevin's, Kevin's basement. basement. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's good to get back together, and I'm excited to hear your experiences and everything else. Yeah, and we really haven't talked much about it because we wanted to save everything for the podcast. I specifically texted you or messaged in the group and was like, don't tell me anything until the podcast because yep. I wanted it to be you know heard and everything on this. But um, we'll jump into my PA uh, couple-day hunt. Headed over, PA has a couple zones that open early um, in mid-September. Went over there and hunted some uh, private and public. Actually had some great encounters. The first night, um, or no, the first morning, sorry. Opening morning, I, I went deep into public, and there was 15 trucks in the pull-offs, and that's wow. not an exaggeration. <laughs> so the local guys were telling me that um, most of like your real serious guys will come and hunt that public for the f- opening weekend mm-hmm. just because it's like – you know, it's the first, Early, yeah. the first piece of public, and uh, not not an exaggeration. I have it on video. Like we're driving, and we got in early. Like we got we got to the public an hour and a half before legal, and um, there was multiple boys that probably slept in their trucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. like not exaggerating. So, honestly, the spot that I picked on a map, there was nobody parked there, and I'm like, okay, I, I like that. Mm-hmm. And we hiked just a little bit over a mile back in. Um, extremely thick terrain, uh, as not like up and down. wasn't wasn't bad as in like uh, you know very steep, but just very thick. And um, the guy Brad that I was with from um, Buckeye Brothers, he he kind of like hinted around like maybe we should turn around because he was gonna hunt one ridge. And I was going to go another 600 yards and hunt another ridge. And he's like, maybe we should turn around. It's pretty thick. And I'm like, no, there's, like, I want to get back to this spot. Mm-hmm. We're back here. I want to get back. So we're like crawling on our hands and knees and whatnot. And we finally get back um, about a mile in. Opening morning, saw three bucks and three does. And the all every single buck that I saw was in bow range. But the zone that I was in, uh, there's a, they call it a three up not including the brow tine. So it basically has to have four points on one side. Um, and that's and, not including the brow tines? No, four points including the brow tines. Oh, oh gotcha. Three okay. points up if you're not including the brow tine. Okay. And um, the the one eight point that I saw was probably 110, maybe 120 inch eight point. Nah, I wouldn't say it was that big. Uh-huh. 100 to 110 inch eight point, but he broke off his side. 
So he only had one side. <laughs> and the one, his, which would have been his eighth point or his, his G3 on his one side was so close to being an inch that I was like, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. So there was, and then there was a big seven that came in. Very, a little bit bigger. I just turned around and looked at your deer from Indiana. Like half again as big as that, but just a seven point. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like very similar to the the deer that's over there on the wall. Um, Very, very similar. Maybe a little bit bigger. Yeah. And uh, <sighs> he probably was legal, but I didn't want to take a chance because they told me that it had to be three up and I didn't know what the rules were. I didn't know what the regulations were. I probably should have done more research. I didn't think that I would get in a predicament where I had to measure yeah. <laughs> points before. Pulls out a tape measure in the stand and just like <laughs> trying to guesstimate. <laughs> so I texted the group that I was kind of hunting with and they're like, it has to be an inch. And I'm like, I just don't think that that's an inch. Um, so being that this is like an early season, would you have had to take it to a check-in station then too? No, this isn't like a chronic waste okay. or anything like that. It's just... Uh, I would have had to live with myself and my yeah. own morals, you know. Yeah, and plus, I'm not like, saying do it. I was just curious. Yeah, and I don't know if I, you know, posting them. Kevin's like, you won't get caught? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so and I realized that that's not what you were intending. Yeah, but, I'm um, teasing, yeah. But uh, <laughs> for the record, I told him to shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, though, I have never, like, like going over to PA, my expectations were like, if I see a buck, it's dead. Right. But then they got these point restrictions, and I'm like, every single buck that I saw, was, was at or right was that. at or and just that's always how it is in those units yeah. that have point restrictions. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, so it was frustrating, but I got into a ton of sign. I was very, very happy. Um, not I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but like I've never I never even looked at that public because I thought we were gonna be hunting private the whole mm-hmm. time. And we ended up hunting public. I actually ended up hunting the public majority. Um and I'm very happy with there was a guy in camp that was like, the wind was wrong for the private in the morning. And there was a guy in camp, um, Alex from Buck Down uh, Outdoors, I think, on his Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, well, I've got this piece of public that I kind of know. He hunted on the opposite side of where I went, but he's like, there's good deer in there. He was showing me pictures of like some decent deer. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give away too much, but, um, and you know, it's a giant piece of public. So, I mean, good luck finding where we were at, but uh I'm very, I'm very proud and very happy that like there was 15 trucks in the in the dry or in the pull in the pull offs, and I got on two bucks within yeah. 20 yards opening morning. That's good. going in blind, never stepping foot on the place. Yeah, um, very happy about that. So I, I other than that, um, I had a mishap with my sight. Uh, I, I don't want to get too deep into it. Um, there was just something that happened where um, it failed, and I missed a doe at 19 yards. <laughs> And shot like a foot and a half low. Um, it was actually funny. The guys wanted to shoot their bow one day. Um, it was Saturday midday, so opener. The guys wanted to shoot their bow, and we went and shot our bows. And my bow was shooting like six inches high at twenty yards. And I'm just like, "There's no way that you know it's it's that bad." And I, well, maybe it is because I traveled from Kentucky. And I'll be honest, I haven't shot it since Kentucky. Um, and uh, I was like, well, I'll just recite in. So I recited in, noticed that my sight was a little bit banged up. There was a set screw that I couldn't get to tighten all the way and my sight housing was moving. And um, I kind of pushed it to one direction and was like, 
it's got to, it's, it's, if I cite it in here, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Well, moral of the story is <laughs> it was not okay. It was not okay. Who told you it wasn't going to be okay, man? Cromer. I, <laughs> I called Cromer and was like panicking. And he's like, dude, you got to come home. Like, he's like, don't even go out to the woods. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm here. Like, I got to make it work. He's like, don't. I'm like, what if it's under 20 yards? And he's like, eh. <laughs> he's like, you might be all right. So, what was funny was, she stopped at 19 yards and I drew back and this was on the private. And I remember I was like, okay, you shot six inches high. And I was like, just aim right at the heart. And that way, if it, if it goes high, you you'll double point. longer. Yeah. She didn't duck at all. She didn't move. And I shot a <laughs> foot and a half underneath her. <laughs> Dude, I about chucked my bow at her. And then the whole time she ran like 10 yards, stopped, turned around, like, didn't none of what them blew yeah. like i'm like you dirty dog well though it sounds like those deer have never really been pressured hunting wise oh they no they are really there's just so many of them um <laughs> uh we saw as a group as a collective group we saw like 30 some deer on that private opening evening gotcha <laughs> so i saw 10 just alone from my stand and oh there was this big old girl just oh Big old nanny. She was twice the size of the one that I missed. And I'm like, oh, I want to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> she came in and, she, um, yeah, she just, oh, I wanted to shoot her so <laughs> bad. But uh, moral of the story is that um, opening day, I drove home, got got the new site, drove all the way back. You can't hunt on Sundays. So Sunday I used the day to kind of spend with the wife and recite my bow in. Um, had, had some issues with my broadheads, but Cromer once again fixed the day. Um, told me to calm down and just um, move my rest, which I did. And uh, I moved my rest a little bit and got her to hit perfect at 40 yards with my broadheads in my field points. And, um, you know, for the rest of the hunt, I had, had multiple opportunities, but just never saw a buck that was... Um, we were supposed to stay till Wednesday, and the, the trip ended a little early. Um, some guys had to go home early, so I ended up just leaving uh, Tuesday uh morning i think after the morning hunt or evening hunt i can't remember and i came home so but i had a good time it was a great time and uh there's a guy in camp killed a really nice buck there was a guy uh that came down from new york and um his name was also matt and he killed a really nice deer uh monday morning yeah it's a nice buck i mean it was like 110 you know, maybe 115 inch eight point, but for the area that we were in, that's a nice. Deer. It was a wonderful. Like I would have been tickled <clears throat> pink, yeah, with that deer. So, um, other than that, Brad killed uh, the guy that was kind of hosting it. He killed three does um, on the private, and a couple of his brothers went and some friends, and they were they were flinging arrows like crazy, uh, but only only four deer were killed in camp. His cousin Matt, who shot the buck, and then he killed three. Mm-hmm. So, I would have killed that doe, but you know it wasn't meant to be. <laughs> nope, but, uh, was it's, not. It's all right. Now, now you'll just have to listen to Cromer <clears throat> next time. But I will say that, like, <laughs> I, I, my expectations going over there were uh, farly. Like, I would love to go and like get some permission and like take you guys to. Oh, dude, D- they are the deer are everywhere. Yeah. Like, There's a lot of them over there. You know how we were we were talking about Doe Fest? Like, truly, dude. Truly. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, so, but, um, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to go back. Um, I probably will. But, um, yeah. We'll but see. I don't know. Just depends. How With Indiana of, and Kentucky. The like, rest I, of it goes. I really want to fill my Kentucky tag. Um, 
So I'm going to definitely go back to Kentucky, uh, whether it's early November or I'm not sure. But yeah. sometimes I'll go, I'll go back to Kentucky and hunt for a week. Um, and then uh, we got Indiana, mm-hmm. obviously Ohio. And uh, there's a there's a good one on the old Ohio cam. So I might, I might, nah, my, my uh, priorities might shift a little bit towards <laughs> Ohio. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But most importantly, let's talk about this elk hunt. The Colorado trip. Yeah. So me, my buddy Dan, and then his cousin Tristan. So Dan and Tristan had a tag. And then me and Matt Hunter did not have a tag. So we were just tagging along to go for the experience. Um, extra set of eyes and ears, pack mules, whatever the case may be, whatever happens, happens. So day one, we get in. So, um, three of us drove out there and Tristan flew in from Trinidad. So day one, we get into Denver and I'm not going to give like the unit that we hunted or anything. Yeah, I wouldn't. It's just like the Northwestern area of Colorado. I wouldn't even say that just Colorado. (laughs) That's that's fine. Well, there, there's a huge area. So, but, so we get into Denver and then we drive up to our unit and let me zoom in here on the map so, just so I can show we're, these we're guys. Look, yeah, we're looking at Onyx yeah. right now. Well, and this won't be on the screen, obviously, because it'll give it away exactly. So is all that green? Is that all public? Yeah. yeah. Like like <laughs> 98% of this yeah. unit is all public. There were You had to look for private pieces. Wow. And that goes for like the majority of this whole area, yeah. too, not just our unit. It was crazy. Like you could walk so anywhere. So is the, is the dark green pines? It's just timber. So okay, and then the other stuff's not. This was burnt years ago, so Mm. there was very little greenery in that area, but like in drainage. So where's the trailhead at? Like where did you guys? So so on day one, we here's the like the main trailhead, and it came off of this main road, and then all this stuff is like all back road stuff. So it was very difficult. Like it's like these back roads are like fire road type stuff. Like they're maintained maybe in the summertime. And then after that, it's just like no plows, no, no nothing. So it was, it was kind of like off-roading stuff. Four-wheel drive, baby. Yeah, some parts yeah. were definitely. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So day one, we park here and we walk up to the main trailhead and it's like in between these two big mountain peaks. And then the, what we wanted to do was go down in this ravine and it was like this big valley of <clears throat> drainage is dumpy down in there and it looked really good on the map. So we walked over to this black camp, which is at like 10,500 feet or something like that of elevation. Wow. <clears throat> and for us Ohio guys, that's high. <laughs> yeah, 10,000. That's 000. very high. <laughs> yeah. So we hiked a little over a mile to camp, set up camp, and then we kind of like made a game plan of what we were going to do the next couple of days because at the trailhead, kind of like what you said in PA, there was like five or six trucks there. And we talked to a couple local guys, or I guess like – they have land in the area, but they're from out of state type thing. So we talked to them. I got their number and stuff and like, hey, if we're ever, if we shoot something, we'll let you know, you know, all that Where stuff. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just to be in communication with them to be, I think Cordial. it's the right thing to yeah. do, you know, not stepping on anybody's toes or anything like that. Yep. So we hike over here to camp, set up camp. And then me and Tristan come over here day one. We, uh, we made, that's like another mile from camp, believe it or not. So we set up, made some dinner, and then we could glass this whole big valley down and through here. And it's like getting to last light, and I spot a herd of like 8 to 10 elk here at this dot. <laughs> That's really far away. Yeah. Dude, the so, spotting scopes <laughs> are a must. Is that the video you sent us? Yeah. Yeah, where they were And fighting. I was like, what is that? Yeah, we were like, elk. Are those I, I said, <laughs> I said, those little brown dots are elk. 
That's so far. So at this camp, we had service, and I sent these guys some Snapchats of these elk. And as a crow flies from where we were sitting, it is just under under five miles. Wow. Five miles to these elk. I'd have been hiking, boys. So (laughs) Yeah, I'd be driving. (laughs) Well, so the thing is, me and we were all pumped up. We're like, dude, we found elk already. Like, we're going to be covered up in these things all the time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So we tried to make a game plan of how to get there, and then... Towards the end of our spot, there were some guys walking around down here, like maybe a third of the way to the elk. So like, well, we can't go back to the main trailhead and, and dump down in there. It's just not the right thing to do, in my opinion, to blow past these guys. Plus, we're put, we'd are we be playing a day behind. I would have. I would have, too. <laughs> well, knowing what we know now, we would have. Oh, yeah. I would have, so yeah. We, I would have been like, you're talking about, you, I'm so It's dumb. five miles away, though. I'm so yeah. dumb. So you could you're telling me you could have got I'm stupid. You yeah. could have got in the car and you could have driven down to no. that area. No, 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 no. Okay, so all, all these that's lines. not that's not a back road. That's no, like no, a dirt no, that's, road. That's a hiking path about oh, okay. half wide. <laughs> gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. So we get back to camp and we tell Dan and Matt that hey, we found some elk. Where were they glassing day one? So day one, Dan had a little bit of elevation sickness. So we set up camp and they just came like a couple hundred yards from camp and like there's a bunch of blowdowns. So we're at the very top of this ridge system and you go down a little bit and there's a ton of blowdowns. So like there's a big like open area where you could see, but you, no way they could see these elk just with the way the, the train laid. But you could see a good ways down the valley. <clears throat> so they just did that. So we get back to camp. We talk about what we found out. Dan's like, hey, I don't know if I can, if I'm going to adjust to this height, you know, to be able to function because like we set up camp. Was he like puking and stuff? No, but like bad headaches and like couldn't stand up very good, like just dizzy and stuff like that. So it's like, well, there's no way we can hunt this, you know? Yeah. Especially if you can't acclimate to it. You should have thrown him on your back, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, him and his 60 pound bag. (laughs) Yeah, so Dan had the most heavy pack too. (laughs) So we're we're like, okay, well, let's sleep here tonight, see what happens, and then we'll go. We'll make a new game plan if we need to, or we'll go after these elk or whatever the case may be. So next morning we wake up, eat some breakfast, and it's like kind of the same feeling. Tristan actually hikes back up to where we were glassing, and talks to a couple guys who had mule deer tags and moose tags. So he's like, I'm going to believe those guys because they're not after the same game animal as me. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And they're like, they ran into like three or four different groups of guys down in that whole valley. And he said two of the groups either got on elk or seen the elk and bumped them. So The ones that you guys saw. Yes. So, like, who knows where they were at this point in time. So we get back to the truck, and we look at the map, and we're trying to circle back down here of somewhere where we can somewhere where we can drive to, and it's not be like a five-mile walk up and down all these yeah. ridges. And it's just there's no no road service or anything even close to there. Period. Right. Hence the elk. So, yeah, that's, I mean, at this yeah. point in time, so we're there like week three of the season. I think week one or two, if you would have gotten there, you could have got on elk closer to like the main trailhead. Mm-hmm. But week three, Maybe everybody else back. is camping at the trailhead and hiking a mile or two in or a couple miles in and, and camping. Was there hiking. campers at the trailhead or just guys sleeping in the back of their truck? Back of the truck. So down the road where the road was a little bit easier to navigate, yeah. there was a couple trailers, like campers. The roads get to points where you can't take You can't pull a camper? Yeah. So anyway, we abandoned this spot, one, because the elk are pushed way too far, and two, just because of the height. Like, we can't, half the group can't stomach it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Dan so, Dan wasn't feeling well at this time? Nope. So Dan is like, I feel the same. I We can't do this, you know? <clears throat> so we start back. 
the road that we came in on, and we get to this one spot with another. Is that the, that's hiking trails, right? That's yeah, not the all road. these are hiking yep. trails. Okay. So which one is the road? The so, uh, solid so white. So the solid white is roads. Okay. And then these like dotted ones are like very weakly maintained. <laughs> they're, they're if paths is what we call yeah, them. If like paths. side by side. <laughs> you paths, could maybe. you could maybe drive on it, but unless you're there, you have no idea. Mm. Yeah. And and a lot of these um, if roads have like gates at them. So like maybe it's summertime use only in a certain t- yeah. point in time. Like they there was multiple gates shut off. Mm. <laughs> so anyway, we get back. We start driving back, and let me find where we're Oh, here's camp. So we get to another trailhead system, and we're like, well, let's just walk in here a little bit. It looks good. There's no trucks around. Let's just see what we can find. And we found all kinds of sign right off the bat. Like, we elk were feeling sign. good about, yeah, elk sign. It was all, like, two weeks old is what we guesstimated mm-hmm. it as. But we were feeling good. There was nobody there. The, the terrain looked good. It was lower elevation. So we actually set up camp like right off the trailhead, pretty much in a pull-off where you could have had a camper. So we camped there, and then each day we would just branch out and hike and, and you know, explore and stuff like that. And each day we found more and more sign, and it was fresher, but we were just like two days behind. Or, you could never catch them. Yeah, we could never catch up to them. How far were you getting from camp with your mouth? Show me how. So this trail, mm-hmm. we uh, that's 7.1 miles or something Shoo. like that. Shoo. So... That was one afternoon worth of hiking, and that was me and Tristan. And we you guys hiked seven miles in an afternoon. Yeah, good for you. That's so impressive. So it was six hours and thirty-two minutes worth of time, and that's with like filling up water bottles and stuff like that. You know, mm. the whole the whole afternoon. But we made it from camp, which is like at ninety something hundred feet, and we made it up to like ten thousand three hundred feet. Mm. And like. The one day Dan made it up to close to nine th- or ten thousand feet, and he's like, "I feel it again." Like it's just that barrier Damn. above ninety six that he just couldn't do, or something like that. Wow! But on that big hike that me and Tristan did, we kind of ran out of sign, and we found a goat sign, and just like all we found bear poop, you mm-hmm. know, everything but mountain lion sign, and it was very cool just to hike around and up at the the top peaks were above timberline. We just had this amazing view down the Did valley. Did you glass so, at all? Like, so yes and no. Most of it's so thick that it's hard to like glass. Like, you could see just as much with your eyes as what you could with like glassing. I didn't even take my spotter on this stuff because it's like mm. extra weight. It's not worth it. Gotcha. But it was it was a very cool experience to walk around on some of those. Did you guys hear any elk bugling? Um, you know what? On the last day, I'm almost positive I heard something. It was like in the middle of the night, you wake up and you hear something. But as much as the guys were up at night, we didn't hear hardly any bugles. Day one, even? Day one. Even even when we saw elk, we didn't hear any bugles. You think they were just too pressured? I think so. I was just going to say, I feel like we all know if they get too pressured, they're not going to be talking. That, they... Well, the thing is, though, like, I would have thought they would have done it at night, though. Mm. Usually, that's usually in those pressured places, they. They'll bugle off at like 2 a.m. when it gets real cold. Gotcha. So do you think the elk just weren't there? They probably, especially if they weren't, if they were finding sign that they think were a couple days old. I mean, those elk could be miles from where they were. Yeah, I mean, how how many miles can an elk move in a day or two? So fast. 20, 30 miles. They could run. the mountains. If they got scared, they could run for a long ways before they even took a breath. That's crazy. 
So like some yeah, of that why sign. Why don't you just run with them, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tie up them crispies, boy. Get moving. <laughs> Lace them up. Lace Be like up old the Sam Squanch out there just <laughs> going to town. So some of the sign that we thought we found was from like a satellite bull just roaming around trying to find a herd. So like when you say elk. sign, what were you finding? Um, hoof prints, droppings, all that like, stuff. Like you find any rubs? We found a like few rubs, but wallers. So the wallers that we found were old, like summertime. Like that one you yeah. got marked there. This one over here, it's very close to the road in the trailhead. And like if you walk past there, there's just a highway of elk sign. Mm. And it all dumps into these. There's actually two wallows very close to each other. But it's just like if you look at it close then, it, you can tell it's all older sign. Um, nothing was using it at when the time we were there. That's but cool. we, we did find some rubs. Um, they look like more aggression rubs, like maybe earlier in the season too. Um, but we were focused mostly on like droppings and footprints just because that was the easiest way for us to tell is this fresh sign or older sign. Did you see any, um, any other hunters in this new area? The only time we had hunters in this area, the one morning it was kind of rainy and drizzly. We kind of stayed in our tents a little bit longer. Somebody pulled up like right beside our truck and hiked in through there. Hunter or hiker? Hunters. They were in there for like maybe two and a half hours and left. So like, they, I think what they were doing is just driving up and down the road and every like pull off, pull off they'd pull over with a trailhead, hike in a little bit, and then, and then get out of there. So, can you do that? Go ahead. Sorry, Kramer. No, you go, go ahead first. What do you mean? Can you do that? Can you do that? So, like turkeys, like so they call oh, it yeah. like ridge yeah. running. Yeah. Where like you'll drive a ridge yep. and at every point that comes off yep. or hogback, they'll get out. Yep, 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 yep. Calling that, if, yeah. That born and raised outdoors from Oregon. They call it the cat road shuffle, and that's like what they do like 90% of the time. Hmm. They drive around and jump out every place you can possibly think of and bugle and bugle and bugle and bugle until they get something to answer them, and then they go in. Gotcha. We had a guy in Idaho tell us one time he used to do that at night, like after his evening hunt. He'll just go up and down the road, rip a bugle or two, listen for something to respond. Dude, that is— And he's like, okay, there's elk up in there now. That's next level. In the level. morning time, we're going up in there. That's Sweet. seriously. That's that's next level. I wouldn't have thought about that. That's a good way of figuring out where elk are fast. You can cover a lot of ground, like at night. So you, you know. Yep. Whew, that's a good idea. So that's something that we did not do. But the only reason we really didn't do it was because we weren't hearing bugles to start with. So it's like, why waste gas and time to go do that if we're not hearing them even close to us? Yeah, so. but do you think that you would have heard bugles if you were in the elk? So the. Even no hunters were bugling. We heard two bugles later in the week from, it was definitely a hunter. <laughs> I mean, it was it's pretty obvious. It was very obvious. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm no pro at it either, but like, uh, it's pretty big. You could, de- you you can could tell, tell it was a hunter. And I'm sure that they can too, actually. Oh, yeah. The elk. The elk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They they're, like, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're like, like, Jimmy's back. Yeah. <laughs> and what's that cow call? Like, Doug, the Hoochie Mama. Hoochie Mama. Yeah. yeah don't. They hear that Hoochie Mama and they're like, they literally do a 180 and just take off on the... So there's a call. I know what it is. Yeah, yeah one that you squeeze. Yeah. Oh, my wow. gosh. So. Every every dude's out there running around with a hoochie mama making the exact same tone. I, no. uh, I got a little funny no. story. So I told Dan, you need to work on your cow call because if we do get into it, I'm going to hang back and bugle and, and rake a tree and stuff farther back. Hopefully, they'll pull in past that barrier. So you got this... I don't even know. It was a, a Primos call. I don't know what model or anything. Like a and tube, like a. It was just like a, a like a bite and blow type thing. Like with a, with just a, reed. a single reed, single yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, on this messaging system that we have, before we even go out there, he blows it, and it's like, yeah, it sounds good, but you know, you lose yeah. it through translation in the app yeah. and stuff. 
we get out there. I'm like, all right, well, rip your call a little bit. Let's just hear. It. And he <laughs> it sounds like a, like a rabbit a call. Rabbit. I'm like, Dan, you leave that thing at the truck. <laughs> Calling some bears or coyotes or something. Mountain lion. Yeah. Uh, that's so funny. that was kind of like the joke. Oh, you can always shoot a coyote out here if you want. Oh, to. that's funny. <laughs> yeah. So honestly, we didn't hear any people bugling. Um, other than that one guy and man, it was, it was rough. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a frustrating, that's a frustrating, I just, my wife tells me what time she'll be here. But, um, that'd be frustrating because at least in PA, I was seeing, I was seeing deer and, um, it'd be hard to be on a trip like that and not see the elk. Yeah. So I would, I hiked around with Tristan all week and Tristan is from Trinidad and I will say that boy can put on some miles and that boy knows how to look for sign. They don't have any kind of big game down there. Um, and he was doing fantastic at looking at like laid over grass, um, tracks. I mean, any kind of sign you can tell of something moving through the weeds and stuff. He was on it and he was looking at it and he was adjusting for the wind and everything. So like I was very impressed with Tristan and his like woodsmanship. Gotcha. So he was very, very good. You go back on another hunt with him? Oh, yeah. He was a good guy to have a camp too. That's that's when you know it's a good guy. Yeah. If you'll go back and, and hunt with him. On our, our big long hike here, um, we were up on this like old logging road, um, way up above Timberline. And he's like, you know what? This has always been a dream of mine to come out here into the West and get lost in the woods. So it was cool to to experience that with him and actually do it with him, even though we weren't on animals. But like his main goal was to get lost out there. And that's what we did. Hmm. So that's that awesome. Cool. And one thing that's wild, and I never looked up the uh, like the land records, you can't walk anywhere in that mountain range and not see chainsaw work. Hmm. From like 40 years ago, 60 years ago, 90 years ago, I don't know how long ago, hmm. but like you'd come across chainsaw work everywhere. Like that place was clear cut at, or very selective cut at one point in time. And it was just cool to see like the old, because you could tell where there'd be an old camp or something from like the logging equipment. They leave some trash and some mining equipment or logging equipment, I guess. And, like, just the stuff that's there is kind of cool to come across and, like, you know, find an old grease gun in the in the weeds or something <laughs> like that. And just or old burn barrel and stuff. It's just wild. Like, yeah. how long has this been here? And, like, how long was it used for these guys to log out this whole mountain range or whatever the case may be? But that was something I kind of wanted to look into is, like, when did they log that area? If there's even record of it, yeah. Just just for my own sake, because I'm curious. You know, it was cool. Yeah, one hundred percent. Because you could be miles away from any kind of trail or road, and there'd be stumps and like cut lumber and stuff and yeah. old stuff. And that makes it it makes it easier out there when you're not seeing animals to still be having a good time because it's so foreign to us. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. different when you you just <clears throat> hop to the next state over and you're sitting in big timber like you are here in Ohio. Yeah. It's like there's not you know not that it's not exciting still but it's just it's different enough to where you're like even though you're not seeing anything you're like man this is beautiful out yeah here. and we don't have mountain ranges here in ohio either no. so like just walking around in some of those and, and just stopping and eating and taking a taking a break and looking at that was that was awesome it was very cool so if yeah. you go ahead i was gonna say that's just that was kind of my hunt and uh no elk were killed and but it was a really good time. Go ahead, Jerry, if you had something. You're next. I was just gonna ask, uh like if you 
if you had to go back and change one thing or a couple things about your hunt, mm-hmm. what are some things that you regret? And then also after the regrets, what are some things that you're happy with that, that the outcome? So one thing, I guess, man, me and Tristan talked about this too on our long hike. Um, day one, me and him would have went after those elk, even if Dan and Matt couldn't have or Dan couldn't And you're have. saying just leave Matt and Dan? Let them hunt you know, back at camp or at a lower elevation and me and so even if they would have got into that main ravine that drainage they could have hunted that but i don't think they could have went the not not that that they physically couldn't went the distance just with that elevation you think it was a light switch like he got above a certain elevation and it just Mm -hmm. because we walked up to there was a a spring and a pond up here and that's like at 9600 feet or something and he's like i got lightheaded up there And it was an easy walk. Like we took our time getting up there. It was just like, once you break a certain point and you. So is he, is he one of them guys that like will never be able to go back? I don't know. Like, don't they talk about that though? Like not, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but like some people just, their bodies just can't handle the elevation. At that elevation probably. Yeah. Cause we talked about it and he was like, if I ever do this again, I'm going to find a spot with like a max cap of like 9,500 feet or something. Mm whether that be in Arizona, New Mexico, a lower part of the state here, yeah. you know, something. But he's like, I know that the elk are going above that. I physically can't go up there. Huh. But getting back to your question, day one, me and Tristan would have definitely gone go back, down. And go down. back to, I want to analyze where you guys seen the milk because I like that way that looked better than what you guys are in right now. Let me zoom out here. So yeah, like, see, I really like that. See this line through here. Yeah, all this stuff was burnt years ago, mm-hmm. and like it's standing burnt deadfall and stuff. And all this was pretty green and lush. Yeah, but this was our main. This is where we wanted to come to from map scouting. This this drainage, and we yeah. hiked over here to just like check it out, and it just that spot didn't work for us. Yeah, but yeah, day one, going back, if we could change something, me and Tristan would have came down. Even if we would have came down, there was a nice gradual ridge over here. We would have came down through there and chased those elk and seen what and we just, could have done. And just camped wherever you stopped. And yep, then just, just spike camp. Kept going. There. Yep. Lighten our pack a little bit as far as, as some other gear and food and water and just spike camped after them. I was going to say what I, I would have probably done is drove, you could have drove way around and, got and come down that road them over almost. here. Yeah, and come... Yeah, because especially after that guy told you that they were probably spooked. I mean, he went even farther. You think south. they would have just kept on yeah, going? Keep yeah, coming down here or catch them over here. So all that there, you could catch them lower. We talked about coming through this, but you would have been wide open. It would have been pretty much walking through a prairie. Yeah, but you'd. I guess you. If you get to a top, if you'd get to a top and look down, there's nothing down there. You go to the next top. You know. Yeah. You just. You just keep. You well, go over slow and look down each ditch, yeah. each drainage until you know you're like, okay, there's nothing there. Drop down in, go up to the top. That's true. Scroll, can you scroll down? I want to see how far down that road goes. Okay. Always. Oh, oh, that looks yeah. treacherous right there. Yeah, it does. It probably steep. gets steeper. Yeah, that looks steep right there. So then, Jared, would you stop above where it got steep and just go straight left? Is that yeah, what you I would have that road. Yeah, right there or above. The if road. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not an if road. That's a walking path, right? Yeah. You would have had to have parked and hiked in a ways. Gotcha. But I'm sure that there's one that you yeah, could have. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, a path here, Cromer. These are all paths. So you I can get, click on it? I, I didn't even know that. Up. Click on that again. Yeah, it'll, so it'll tell, tell you what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep.
Oh, wait. Oh. Yeah, you're going to have to cut Beep. that out. Yeah. <laughs> I, say, I almost said, I was like, I can't say it. Yeah, yeah. At first, I didn't Somebody think look that... look at the timestamp on at, that. At fir- yeah. Anyways, I thought that that was like... I didn't think that was like the trail name. I thought yeah. it was like the... Uh, like like the level of trail. Yeah. No, <laughs> they, they name them all. That's all right. I'll, I'll so it's that, all right. I yeah. Is that, that private? No. Yeah. This, yeah, so this. that those little ones, yeah, those are private. Cuz we were looking at this, we're like there has to be a road to get to this Click on like, that. How many acres is that? I'm just curious to get like a scale of how big that is. Okay, 200. Okay. Some odd acres. So yeah, we were like, okay, to get to these private locations, there has to be a maintained road there, right? When you look, so we got on um That's good. That's the good Go idea. Hunt app. And there was no maintained roads. Yeah. So how do they? Is there camps on those privates? I don't know. Or you in ho- homes? Like I that one not. down at the bottom looks like there's something on it. Zoom in on that. Doesn't as, tell you. As the podcast oh. listeners are like, we can't see yeah, anything. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Worthless information right now. Yeah. There's, there's probably something there. Probably a cabin cattle. or something. Yeah. Either cattle or, or people are hunting it. Mm. But yeah. As far mm. as not changing anything, I'm happy how my gear performed. You know, I didn't get cold. I took nice. rain gear. Um, my tent was good. Food was more than good. <laughs> Tell a story about, so Matt didn't bring any thermals? So, yeah. So Matt had a couple pairs of like the Wrangler ATG synthetic pants, like like what I have on now. And he's, I was like, okay, do you have thermals? Because like at night, it's going to get cold. And he's like, well, I got a sleeping bag that's pretty good. I'm like, okay, well, like it gets cold like from experience like we should probably do something so i said something to him and dan said something to him so we actually stopped at a bass pro (laughs) shop out there and uh we picked up a pair of like long john thermals and he said that was well worth it good because he he had a sleeping bag but he did not have a pad like a blow-up pad or anything so there's nothing to separate his body from the ground and once you lay on your sleeping bag i don't care if it's 900 fill there's no air gap in there anymore, yeah. and you're just flat on the ground, and that ground Cold. soaks up your your heat fast. Dude, it drops like 50 degrees. Oh, so the one morning, so the first morning we woke up, and our tents all had ice on it because it, it kind of <laughs> drizzled the night before. Oof. So all of our tents had ice on it, and then that afternoon it warmed up to like the mid-60s. What was and, the coldest it got? Uh, I didn't. I don't have an exact number, but it was definitely below 30 degrees. Like, below freezing. Like high 20s. <laughs> But then at in night? The af- at night, like first thing in the morning, at you know, night. like the coldest. At night. At night. <laughs> but yeah, it, during the day, we had good weather. Um, it seemed like every day around 1, 1.30, we had a storm roll through. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded like we were up on top of the mountain one day and like thunder's cracking and everything. We're like, crap, like we're not really prepared to be here for this. So we booked it down the camp. Nothing but a sprinkle. But it sounds bad. Yeah. Well, they, that's what they say, right? Like, you don't know what mm-hmm. the level is until it hits you. Oh, and, yeah. And it's amazing yeah. how fast those storms roll into. It'll be blue skies, white clouds, and then next thing you know, <laughs> thunder and yeah. lightning cracking. It, it and it snows. Bad. Yeah. And then it snows. <laughs> we had a little bit of snow the one day. Big wet flakes. Really? Like, oh, like dude. Size of your pinky nail. Yeah. In Idaho, that when we went, it, it no joke, I was in a t-shirt and I had to put my puffy on. It, huh. it just storm came in and just dropped massive amounts of snow. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing how fast the weather changes. People say Ohio has terrible weather. Yeah. Oh man, go out west. Go sit on a mountain for a little while. How big do you think them bowls were that you saw? I mean, I know they looked like. So, in the video, like that's with my spotted spotting scope zoomed all the way in. 
and there's these two bulls just going at it. I mean, you could tell one of them was a dominant bull because he was walking on this ridge top, and you could tell he was bugling. Hmm. But like we couldn't hear him from that distance, or he wasn't facing us enough that hmm. we could hear it. Do you think you could hear a bull at five miles? I don't think so. It would have to be like super, super the cool. exact right placement of yeah. the trees and the drainage. Okay, here's a dumb question for somebody that's never been out west. What's the maximum distance you can hear a to bull? To hear a bull? Oh, I it's would, all it's all train dependent. Nah, but obviously, I mean, like two miles, yeah, one mile, yeah. two I would, miles. I would think two miles, especially if you're like up top and they're down in a valley mm, or something. But that's faint. <clears throat> you know, it's a faint. But you two miles doesn't sound that bad when you walk seven in an afternoon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a you, lot can, of hope you can when you cover two. Like, think about this. Like, not saying that you know flat ground. Like most guys can run a mile and say like under you know, eight minutes or something. Yeah. So, I'll, so like, I'm just saying hour. that, not granted you got mountains, yeah. but I'm saying like, you can get, you can get to that bull fairly quick. Yeah. If you really wanted Definitely. to within after, an hour after day. So the initial pack in mm. with, you know, all the food, all the water, all the camp on your back going a mile. Plus we're not used to 10,000 feet. That was the worst I ever felt mm. at, at the trip after that. Where? Day one okay. to the initial camp Yeah. on that one mile hike. But like after we dropped some food, camp and everything else i felt great so you guys camp at ten thousand the first night and so you were trying to see if dan would acclimate to that yes overnight and he didn't overnight he did not okay because the next morning it was kind of the same way same mm. feeling so where did we where did we stayed at like 90 something we were in nine thousand. We yeah were, when we were out there we went out west and yeah but we weren't out there on a hunt we went out there for a nope, wedding we were in a cuddle in the cabin <laughs> <laughs> i remember just on this point i remember um in colorado there was a spot that it took dad and i two and a half hours to go 450 yards up oh mm. just because it was so steep it was or so like steep your time. um it was so steep and um uh, like a hundred yard section of it was more like that shale rock oh. and so you would slipping. take you would take two steps up and and slide down a step Oof. yeah and i remember it was dark and it took us two and a half hours and then i because I dropped a point when we started, and I dropped a point when we got to the road, and it was like 450 yards. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And it, and it took everything. Yeah, take back what I said earlier. Yeah. It, 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 it's all just... It's terrain-based. Yeah, all yeah. terrain If based. you have to cross a bunch of deadfall, that can be a treacherous Dude, it was thing. like... It was basically like crawling up. Like, mm. yeah. you know, you were, your foot and your knee were almost hitting the ground at the same time. And the elk can... Oh yeah, dude! Yelp would just look over at you and just, and just walk up the mountain. Just yeah, keep on passing you. Yeah, it's man. Us, yeah, us. He wants to ride Western. one. <laughs> just saddle one up, Kev. Dude, that would that. Would. Seriously, next time you go out there, just raise a bull. Well, now you from, now you realize why everybody takes horses and yeah. from and mules and everything in yeah. a small a small cat calf. Raise him to be a bull. Saddle that baby. Send him out there where and all just the hormones ride him into a good spot, you know, and just give him a little. In the ribs and yeah. <laughs> timestamp this for TikTok. Holy <laughs> Dude, I, I would do that. Well, you uh, buy them for me and train them for me. I'll take them. No, it's no, illegal. Shit. Yeah, you can't. You can't use live decoys. Yeah. I know that. This is just a joke. It's not matter. a decoy. It's a. It's yeah. your yeah, ride. It's a pet. It's your ride. Talk about this. Is my Teddy Roosevelt ride an elk across some river? Yeah. He did. What's the difference? Bringing it back, baby. Seriously. That's right. If Teddy can do it, we can do it. <laughs> right, Chrome's. Yeah. <laughs> no. I want to get Cromer out in the mountains on a big old backpacking trip. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't sound too thrilled. Cromer's over there. Mm. I want to do it. I just, I think about this all the time, actually. I just like, man, 
I just have a Dude, lot. Dude, I know I some a, spots. I have a lot of work to do. I know some places we could go that would honestly be mild. <sighs> that would still be. No, no. I want to go where the elk are. I don't care about terrain. I want to go. I, I, for some reason, I really like that section. Yeah. Like, I really like that. Honestly, All right. If you look at this whole section through here on Onyx's drainage, it looks really good. Yeah. That's why we picked it. And that's probably why there was a million other guys yeah. there. Yep. That's why. Okay, the, I'll ask this on air because this is ridiculous. Yeah. But this is how my brain works. I think I got a little bit of the tism when it comes to this. But uh, how do you handle like this? Like you just you hiked all day, you sweated all day, you feel like don't you feel nasty waking up? Like how quickly do you get over that nasty? Like see, Cromer, I have a problem. Like I have to be clean. Like I can't dude wipes. Yeah, dude wipes. Just like, take a shower in baby, those, basically. Baby wipes. Yeah. <sighs> See, Cromer's Cromer has a he's like a germaphobe. I have a low tolerance for that. I just I don't know. I just feel like it was. That's what yeah, that's the thing for me. You say germaph? He didn't impact any germs. No, just it's not. No, I don't know. I just, just got just problems. feeling like gritty and nasty. It sounds ridiculous dude to wipes. say, but just the deep that's, white shower. I, that's what Cromer showers does. probably three times a day. No, I do not. <laughs> I'm a once twice. A, I'm a once a day or but I don't know. That just so Tristan terrible. Tristan brought a sea to summit. Um, shower bag it's like a, mm-hmm. a black um watertight bag yeah. that you fill up with water let it sit out in the sun and then at the bottom it's got a little spigot hanging up in a tree mm. take a shower that works but the sun was never out long enough to warm it up <laughs> and that mountain water is cold yeah. took them cold showers yeah. boys. before yeah. we take you out there someday you'll just have to take like cold showers for two or three months and just Sorry, get yourself used the, to it and then the we can just plunge. shower you every day Cromer, I want to go out there with you that'd be fun that'd be fun that would be fun i would fun. hey i'm telling you guys the antelope, the antelope is the way to get yeah. into it because you can stay in a town in a hotel yeah. and go out and shoot antelope let's, all day long. You ain't got to camp it. nowhere. I'm game. Let's do you it. You can go to restaurants in the evenings. Dude, it's the way to go. <laughs> Don't even stay that. Like, I'd go right now. It is the That'd way awesome. to go. I, but I want to go on a rifle hunt because I don't want to. Yeah. Better your odds. I want to better my odds. Yeah, for sure. I, don't, I wouldn't want to do an antelope on the bow. I'll shoot an antelope at 90 yards. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, but with bow seasons early, it's like early September. Mm. Part August. End of August. Yeah. They're, it's early. It's hot. I believe. Oh, dude, yeah. I Where'd know. you guys, you guys went to Wyoming, right? Yeah. I want to go out there and sling some arrows at long range. Yeah. I would love to do that. To set a site up, just like a site arrow, arrow set up arrow specifically setup, yeah. for that. Yeah. Ain't talking about antelope still? Yeah, it, dude. A light arrow with a... Mm-hmm. Like you can shoot 90, 100 yards per yeah, easy dude. with. Oh. What? And we you all... would just see my little butt just scurrying <laughs> <Sorry>. everywhere. Just <laughs> 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 look at <like> an Indian <laughs> yeah, throwing dude. arrows. Yeah. Mm. I would love that. One mm. day. I'd be all for it. No, uh, 100%. I'd love to do that. See, but the reason why I said rifle hunt was because you can go <laughs> it, late in the season and it wouldn't mess anything yeah. up. Later. Right? Isn't it like uh, December? No. I wouldn't want to go that way. No. Long. It's like October. Never mind. <laughs> because I thought, I thought it was late, late. No, when we shot ours, we got there the day before season and archery was ending and there was a guy who hit one with his bow and he knew rifle season was coming so he was looking for it because it, rifle season was the next day and he was like, he knew knew the Orange Army was about to come <laughs> in and somebody was going to take it. Huh. Maybe I would be more interested in the bow hunt then. I thought for some reason it was like a real oh, late. No. It's right after. It was like October, uh, no, I, it was the first week of October because I was gone for my birthday both years we went out there. 
Hmm. Start putting in for some points. Hmm. I think we've got two or three. Can you do a party? What yeah. do they call that? Yeah. Party I, don't, I don't know if Wyoming pulls. It might pull me pull us down a point or two, but a lot of places that are decent, you can still draw with like two a point or two. Sign us up, baby. <laughs> As everybody's got newborns running around. <laughs> yeah. Just 10 years from now. No big deal. All right. So you talked about what you, your regret would be is just going after them day one. Yep. Now, what are some things that you really enjoyed about the so, hunt? I enjoyed the whole, like I said, my gear performed good. I didn't have anything that I was like, I would wish I would have changed this or that. Let's do a deer, uh, gear deer dump. dump. Yeah. So starting with like my sleep system. Yep. So I have a big Agnes um, Tiger Wall UL2 tent. It's a two-person tent. And the tent I had before was a, like a... Snuggy. a uh, no, no way. <laughs> by, the time, by the time your sleeping pad's in there and you have some gear in there, it's a one-person tent for sure. Yeah. Did it's you see not... his tent he had before? Mm-mm. Oh. It was like... It was hardly a tent. It was, That's the only thing I regret <laughs> buying for the first trip. It was like a, a bivy sack, essentially what they call it. So it used a trekking pole and you lay in it. And it's very, it's like a triangle. It's shape. basically at the top of your feet, at yeah. the bottom, and it just gives you enough room at your head to so like, like you have to scoot in and out. How much does that tent weigh that you're running right now? I don't remember. I don't know. The, four, it's light. Four pounds, yeah, maybe with yeah. with the complete that was, setup. I was gonna say four to five pounds. Yeah, that is that the one that you have, Jerry? No, I don't have a tent. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hammock? No, we. Like, you Dad and I would go ground? and sleep in the back of our truck. Oh. Gotcha. So that, and then I have, a like, a, a pretty cheap down sleeping bag. It's like a 19-degree survival rating sleeping bag. Uh, yeah. It's like 600 fill. Like, the way they do sleeping bags, whatever the number is, that's, that's like what typically you would, your survival yeah. rate. It's It'll not keep like you a, alive. <laughs> yeah. So, so you ain't going to be like, warm, so but your body's going to be able to move. Yeah. Dan has a stone glacier. Uh, mm, bag zero. and it's it's a twenty degree comfort bag and he was sweating. Mm. See, I but that's like an eight hundred fill bag. Yeah, dude, you'd have to get like a negative twenty degree bag. See, but I was looking at him at Premier, and yeah. he they got Stone Glacier. Yeah, and I, slowly but They're, surely, those are good bags. trust me. I one day, the, as much as I say that like I don't want to go out west, one day I'm gonna kick myself and be like I want to go out west. Yeah. So like I'm slowly I'm getting to the phase in my life where I'm like. I'm going to start buying stuff. Do it while you can and you're able to. Yeah. You know like I'm, if I got an extra couple hundred bucks, I want to go buy a tent. I know, I know there are a lot more than that, yeah. but like if I got an extra, I know it's going to sound frugal, but like if I got an extra thousand dollars, I want to spend it on stuff that go like, buy some gear for it. Go buy, go buy a pack, yeah. go buy a tent. And then maybe two, three months down the road, if I got an extra couple hundred bucks later on, buy something else. Yeah. You know? Because, like, one day I, I do want to go out there. I, I would love to do, like, a high country yeah, meal. It's something that has to be experienced, yeah, in my opinion. For sure. It's, it's well worth it. I'd love to go with, every like, you guys. Like, that would be so much It's fun. fun. And then... Because um, you know darn well if we would have seen them elk oh. on day one, we are going, yeah. baby. Well, it's easy to say. <laughs> I probably would have done the same thing Kevin did. Because if there was guys halfway in between you and them, you're not going to go run through But what I'm guys. saying is Because like, those guys might have been on a group of elk there. Yeah. And if you, you run through them as they're trying to work something, dude, people will fight you in the middle of nowhere. Well, I mean, I'm not saying like run through them, but head. like... Plus, we, that we, was a long ways. 
and and I realized that Dan was Dan had some altitude sickness. Trust me, if anyone, I get car motion sickness so bad. Like I understand when you're feeling like that, you can't do anything. I trust me, I understand what he's saying. But all I'm saying is no disrespect to Kevin and his group. I'm just saying that if it was us, I know that we would have tried to figure out a way to get there. Yeah, I remember in Idaho we glassed one up at two and a half miles, and there was it was just like. It was like, you were like, no, there's no way. It was like, it would take us like a day and a half to maybe figure out how to get to that area. And by that time, you don't, 4. Know, 4 you don't know if he's gone or not. Hmm. Go ahead and keep keep talking about your setup, Kevin. So, yeah. Um, my pack, pack, Kuyu. pack is a Kuyu 7000 bag. Um, and honestly, with all the gear, as far as your sleep it system. It could be bigger. So they make a 78 and, <laughs> and Tristan got the 78 bag. Mm. But the 7,000 bag, by the time you have your sleep system, a sleeping bag, a couple layers of clothing, food takes up a majority of it, a water bladder, a water bottle, um, and then all your extra like knick-knacky stuff that like you don't think about as far as taking up space, dude, that pack's full. So like, what would you recommend for pack size? I, you and Jared if, both. If, if like you're just, going to yeah, like spike camp and you need to carry your tent and sleeping system, Honestly, that seven thousand is probably hard to beat. You you gotta. I mean, I think the one that I have is like forty three, or forty five, and phew, it'd be hard. You'd have to like skimp out on yeah. a bunch of stuff, I think, yeah. to do that, or like strap your your tent on the outside. If you're just gonna like camp, that. if you're gonna like park your truck and like set up a camp at your truck and then just leave from there and hunt, uh, anything forty five or below on it's like a day cubic pack. inches, yeah, is plenty. Yeah, but. You run a mystery ranch? Yeah. Even dad's, um, oh crap, I don't remember. Metcalf, I think is what it is. I think it's like it's like a, 57 a, or something. Or, yeah. yeah. Even that, man. It's like, I, you you just have to put, not that you have to, but there's so much stuff that you have to I take. I think that's what um, Matt took was the Metcalf. Might have been. I believe, I, I believe the Metcalf is what he has. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I think like, you have to be at least at like a six thousand yeah. to spike camp. Yeah. If you're just gonna day hunt, it can be lower than that. Yeah. But you just have to know what you can take. Like if it if you want your puffy gear, if you want rain gear, if you you want have water, to take that stuff, right? Because you don't know what you'll run into. Exactly. So like on our day hikes, I had my rain jacket and my puffy jacket. I did not take rain pants. But it's like that was a gamble because it could have just dumped on us and we would have been soaked. And then I would have had to have wet pants, you know, for the remaining part of the trip. <laughs> I ain't taking you on with me. It's fine. I'll just live vicariously. It's funny. You'll run into like locals and it's like they're out in the middle of nowhere and they have nothing. And you're like, how are you? What are yeah. you doing? Hmm. You know, they're just used but, to it. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, if I get wet, I'll just go home tonight, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a lot. It is. Awesome. We could do a whole another podcast on on a like a gear, gear dump. dump. Yeah, there's, well, too, there's too much. much. And it's, we're almost at fifty five minutes, so I mean we yeah. can wrap this up. But Chrome, you got anything? Yeah, actually, I could talk for another hour. Actually, oh, oh, oh. no, I just it's funny. I had a I had a guy that um, I, I came I came home from work. A guy was at my house waiting for me. Uh, somebody that needed help with their bow and um yeah i mean he just it was kind of cool because 
I don't know the guy, and he just met me, but like he came in, he had really, really bad target panic when he first got to my house, and um, by the time he left, he looked like a different person in about an hour. So that was cool. That was cool. That was my day to day. Working the magic, very boys. Re- very relevant, but. And like I was thinking about this, like what is my five minute segment going to be on this podcast? But uh, get a get a good release, like get a good release. Do do not spend twenty dollars on a release. If you're gonna shoot an index finger release, spend a hundred bucks on it. Get a nice one, or if you want to take it really seriously, spend two hundred plus dollars on a back tension or a thumb release. Because yeah, <laughs> what are some recommendations that you have? Mm. Anything high-end true ball, anything from them is great. Um, but you literally have to spend, for a handheld release, $200 or more, 250 bucks. True ball, B3. Mm-mm, no, true ball. <laughs> B3 didn't, didn't go that great for me, unfortunately. Um, Stan. Stan. I'm running Stan right now. That new Stan clicker release is just money, dude. It is money. So, yeah, Stan, anything Stan, anything true ball. Um, but, yeah, like... I was trying to show this gentleman tonight, like he was shooting like a twenty dollar cheap. Um, what was he shooting? Just a cheap index release. It was like twenty bucks, and the amount of travel from from start to the the Fire. release firing, you know, like those will work. But the amount of time that you have to put behind that release to understand how much travel is in that trigger before it fires. It'll work, but if you actually want to shoot that release correctly, you're going to have to spend like weeks and weeks to overcome and it's not a target real, it's, panic. It's not a realistic release to shoot in a hunting situation either. Well, it, it, just, it just turned to punch city. Yeah. Because there's so much travel in it that you don't have time. You don't have the... Most guys don't have the mental capacity to be able to slowly squeeze it, slowly squeeze and squeeze and squeeze and squeeze and squeeze. Boom, it goes off. When you're hunting, it's like... It just, you will literally punch it. You don't have a choice. Yeah. You almost don't have a choice. And like those $100 true balls, they shouldn't exist because the thumb releases, because they're like $99 true true fire or true ball thumb releases. They're not true ball, they're true, true fire. fire. I think true ball makes one too, I think. They're, that's cheap. The amount of pressure you have to push on that thumb button for it to fire will literally give you target panic from hell yeah. because you can't get that thing to fire in a reasonable amount of time in that in your shot window unless like you you literally would have to like put weeks and weeks of work into it and like nobody has the time for that so when you go to a high-end release there's usually no travel you can put a minimal amount of pressure on the release and it fires with no travel in the in the trigger and to me that's like just the starting point if you have target panic issues and like that's what i realized tonight and i I told that guy i was like i said if you want to like did you straight up tell me a tp Oh yeah, it was bad. Like he shot the. I don't feel. I don't think he knows that we even have this. But he shot the deer in the neck and shot it almost in the guts. It like Hath. ten fifteen yards. Three D foam target. People. Yeah, I'm talking. Yeah, sorry, whatever. But <laughs> we went it's not even deer season yet. Deers. Yeah, we went yeah, back. Cromer's back. I tied one up. At yeah. The, uh, yeah, I tied up an apple tree in his backyard. We shot it with field tips in city limits. <laughs> <laughs> but he went from shooting it in the neck to the guts, and then we had him. I had him by the time I'm not trying to brag, but by the time he left, he was um, in he, the vitals. Oh, yeah, he was like probably a, a one inch group. Oh, yeah, one inch. Wow, yeah, he had moments where he had one inch groups, and I just sat there and I just watched him for like a half an hour. And I knew exactly when he punched it, and I knew exactly when he didn't because when he didn't punch the release, 
he was so surprised when it yeah. went off. He I, almost threw the bow. Yeah. He was so surprised when it went off. And I said, I said, when you start shooting, like if you start shooting a lot more, that surprise will still be there, but it won't be as big of a surprise. No. And like, he just, yeah, I mean, it's a it controlled was, surprise. It is. And it's, it's all about controlling your shot. And if you cannot, like by the time he left, he was able to put a lot of his finger on the index release and he was allowed to put he put a lot of pressure on it before it actually before he punched it most of the time we should do a podcast specifically on like punching and target panic and just our experiences yeah so truly, that was it truly. was cool i mean it was i would listen to that and i uh yeah and it was cool because I don't coach, but I probably should. Um, and I coach tonight, obviously. If you're looking for a coach. I just envisioned Cromer standing there with like one of your arrows. Just smack. And then as, smack as, soon, as soon as you make a bad shot, he just hits you in the back of the knee. Just <laughs> do it again. <laughs> but yeah, and then... Wax off. Yeah. It, wax off. It, that's literally what it is, though. Like, wax if you, off. I know. If you got target panic... Oh, wax yeah. off. That, the most recent Karate Kid movie with uh, Will Smith's kid or whatever it was. Jaden Smith. Jayden. Yeah, whatever his name is. Like... The, like the, the he just did that one movement yeah. for weeks and weeks, and then when he went to go hit him, he did the mo- he did the movement, the towel movement, whatever. The wax on, yeah, wax on, and, it, <gasps> and he stopped the he stopped it. But man, it's like I just it can be. I mean, yeah. target panic for real. It, it'll shut you down. Like it'll make ev- archery not everybody's fun. Everybody's dealt with it. Yeah, it makes archery everybody. not fun. But if you go from a cheap release, it's hard to spend that two hundred fifty dollar mark it's on very release hard. because you're like. Well, I want to try a thumb button, but you don't want to spend two hundred and some dollars. Correct. So you buy the cheap one, yes, and it doesn't help any because it I makes, was in that boat. I bought a ten times worse. It's it it literally should not be legally allowed to be sold. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Truthfully, yeah, it literally will call. You think, oh, this I'm buying this because so, I so I won't be able to punch my index release. Uh, index release. No, you just learn how to punch your thumb release. Just ten as times bad, worse, if not worse. But you know what? If you watch a bunch of hunting YouTube channels. Mm-hmm. How many guys with a th- uh, like a wrist strap finger yeah. release punch it? All, of them. all if you watch, them. they're all just real every quick. single one yeah. of them. And like if you don't, if you don't have the confidence to switch to a thumb release, Stan just dropped a super nice index finger release that I've, uh, locally some local shops are carrying. Um, that one B three does make a really nice one. If you're gonna get one an index finger release, get one with a talon hook. Don't get the one that closed the jaws the close. Clampers. Get a talon hook because that is such. As so cleaner. much cleaner of a release yep. off of that thing, and then, yeah, I don't know. It was just cool to watch that guy go from he he was in my basement. I, his first shot was it scared me. He I don't think he was even at full draw, and he drew back and he hit the trigger before. I don't know. It was like it scared me. <laughs> I was like, oh Surprise! crap! Yeah, he's it was. I was <laughs> made me nervous. And if if this guy's listening, you. Did very well at the end. We're so not, he yeah, we're not digging or knocking. Yeah. I mean, anything. but it was, it was, it was cool to and see. And then here's the thing: we got to give that guy props because he went to you for lessons. Obviously, he knew. Okay, I'm not doing this right. right. I need to learn. I want to do it right. You cannot dig on somebody for no. wanting to do better. No, you know, a hundred. No, no. And it doesn't matter what level he was at, how long he's been shooting. It doesn't matter. Yeah, equipment. Who cares? Like, you know, if you want to get better, like hats off honestly mm-hmm. yeah definitely. a lot of guys are just oh i can do it or i can figure it out myself and it's sometimes mm-hmm. you need to sit back and really you know yeah and he hadn't shot a boat in a long time and he just picked one up from the from the local shop gotcha. and he just was and like, they didn't spend time with him well no obviously he had some issues and they don't have time like he was there and he said it was so busy that 
nobody could like they got in the boat and he had to basically just had to leave because there were so many people that were that were there um but yeah so that was it just like went from that to the podcast and could that's you, my two cents could you help right. me i'm i'm struggling you probably a do bit. need help honestly <laughs> i'm struggling a little bit oh he needs help <laughs> yeah he does yeah don't uh yeah never mind <laughs> there's not enough podcasts to talk about that but anyways <laughs> oh and then also get a better rest if you don't have a good rest release and rest those are your two recommendations on rest the uh red line guru guru that's a good one that one hamski and a 150 dollar plus qad do not do not get a 99 dollar qad don't do it so or six it's like 69 or 79 about those now. whisker biscuits that don't move whisker biscuits are better than the 69 dollar qad i'm not <laughs> kidding i believe I, it i swear i believe yeah. it because there's no bounce back you have that explosion out of the whisker biscuit but then the arrow is okay Corrects after itself, that yeah, yeah it, but do not do not spend the 70 dollars on a qad 150 plus i think they have it for 139 maybe 139.99 or more on a qad Nothing less. Just any, buy any high quality people. Or get a hamski. Hamski's great. But yeah, I will say one thing with the hamskis though. As much as I love them for like Target, they're noisy on a hunting boat. Sure. Something to do with that string, like recoiling. It's, it makes a weird noise. Because yeah. when I went from a like hamski, yes, it's got like yeah. a swap. it twangs. Yeah, it's got a cord. Yeah. Because when I went from a hamski on my hunting bow to the Guru, my bow went from like it. It just significantly quieter? Significantly quieter. And I did nothing else besides change the rest. I will shoot that guru next. As that's a that's a I'm not even saying that for any reason, but it's a good rest. Yeah, AAE partnered with them and it's a, it's seriously it's, like it's up there. Like I would it's I would quality. shoot it. I'd shoot it for target. I said that before. I'd shoot it for target. It's that good. Yep, so I agree. That is my ten minutes of fame. Jerry. I'm, I'm done. I'm Gucci. I'm Gucci. <laughs> well, this was fun. I yeah. I really liked watching you explain that with the onyx that it, was sweet that's it, cool it would be cool if we could put it up here but i don't want to give away this spot no yeah no. you know what Listen. i mean and it's hard to find an exact example map of that yeah too. right yeah. exactly yeah sorry people um forever whoever listened to this podcast uh more for, it was more for us yeah <laughs> we're not posting the onyx and i don't mean that in a rude way at all i'm just no i mean i enjoyed it i'm sorry yeah. we weren't here <laughs> yeah yeah. We'll understand. You got to be in studio to see it. Yep. Yeah. Come on by. <laughs> or on we'll, the trip. We'll uh we'll take slot times. We'll, we'll, we'll get you on the list. Um, Wait list. Yeah. Come to yeah. the studio. I'd say let's wrap this up let's unless you got anything. I don't have anything else. Okay. The wifey's probably already sitting in the driveway yelling at me. Oh yeah, we we're we're good. I got a couple minutes. Alrighty. You ready? Okay. Yep. Okay, doesn't matter what you've done in the past, you can always be born again and born again is out. Peace.